my name is Josh. I'm here with Musicians and Makers Podcast. We're dedicated to serving and promoting musicians and artists across a broad spectrum of genres and mediums. I'm joined with my host, Steve. How's it going? Hey, Steve. Uh, and also uh, members of LOTS. Uh, this is Robert, Alexander, and Hans. And you've just heard the track Bitter Lemon off of Sempre Piu. Awesome. So why the name LOTS? Uh, it's kind of, um, it's taken from our like last band name, uh, which was what's left of the song, uh, which is way too long. We noticed and, uh, <laughs> everyone was like, um, abbreviating it anyways. So it just felt natural to like keep the shortened version of it. Um, but it doesn't really stand for what's left of the sun anymore. It's just more. The, what, its own thing, kind of. We also liked that it sounded more like Russian underground band. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that track, Bitter Lemon, that is, it's such an awesome track. I, I feel like we get a little bit of like the upticks in speed and then you slow it down and it's just very melodic. Uh, that whole album is just constructed so well and it just goes from the, those high peaks to those lows. What was the writing process for that for you? Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, the writing process was... It was long. It, it wanted, yeah, it was long. Yeah. We, we wrote those songs over like three years almost. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Uh, and like one after another, basically. Um, so it's kind of eclectic in a way, but we uh, tried to like um, find a common thread through the whole thing. Um, while producing it and uh, we yeah we recorded ourselves uh, and it took a long time uh, and we had like a year that we pretty much didn't uh, practice anything because I was so busy like record uh, mixing and um, finishing the album yeah the track Bitter Lemon the first thing I thought of was like this reminds me of Rain uh, yeah. is, is that a big influence for us yeah yeah, that's a big influence. Um, I uh, that was like one of the first screamo bands I, I listened to. Uh, my friend like showed me Tiger Suit, and I'm like, "Holy shit, what's this?" Yeah. Uh, so that's that's definitely a sound of, like I've personally been trying to emulate. Uh, yeah, I think we all really enjoy. It. You guys in Terrain as well? Oh yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a friend who uh, had tiger suit tattooed on his foot at one point, so it's <laughs> always <laughs> uh, so been a huge influence. Um, uh, you know, even like later on in the album, I, I don't know if this is one of our influences, but I, I certainly caught it. Um, do, do, were we fans of like the uh, the album Daisy by Brand New? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I definitely feel it towards the end uh, that kind of goes and, and points to the fact that, you know, we do have these crazy like high points. And then you also just give it that room, that echo to vibe out. And I, I really love that. Is there a particular song you're thinking about or? Off the top of my head, I cannot remember the name. I did a lot of listening, just like I've been moving this whole week. So I did a lot of listening while I was like, you know, moving boxes and like yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys record this album at the uh, the factory that you guys own? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's our uh, practice space and studio, basically. Uh, so we did everything ourselves there. Nice. It's really, it's really cool because I think the f we've been recording and doing songs together f since I think 2013. Yeah. Me, yeah. Uh, and uh, Robert's kind of been our studio guy. And uh, so the first two, two recordings that we did, uh, I think Lifeline is up on, on Spotify as well. Uh, yeah. Like it had its natural progression and, uh, but it really came together with, with that album. I think it's like, it, it sounded just, just right that time. Uh, it's really cool. So you did a really good job there, Robert. That's yeah. awesome. The studio looks insane too. I found a couple of like um, demo videos on YouTube um, yeah. and was that, was that your studio there with like the stairs leading up and someone had like a crazy thing in front of their face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all from the, from the recording rehearsal studio. So yeah, so it's, it's basically, a, it's, it's not really a squat. We pay rent for it, mm-hmm. but we can do what we want in that space. And uh, we that, do what we want. We can't really do what we want. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Within reason. From where we're from in Providence, uh, that was a huge part of our scene for a long time. Uh, we had an area called Olneyville, um, which still exists today. Um, and it was a lot of squats and also renters who just created these beautiful studio spaces out of old warehouses. Uh, and it, it was just like a way to see the city just revitalize itself and t- take care of its community. Um, it's just it's awesome to see what you've done with your space. I think about like I was on tour in Germany last year. I got the chance to play Miss the Stars Fest um, in oh, Berlin. Right. And uh, did you play that? No, 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 we didn't. But what band were you in when uh, you played? I, I was in a, a Metier. Um, at the time, my uh, my guitarist had just left uh, a band uh, by the name of Worst Days. Uh, and they were invited and they couldn't make it. So we took their space. Uh, and that was just, that was a phenomenal experience. If you ever get a chance, definitely check that out. Yeah, 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 we've been trying to go there for years, like yeah. even just it's just as a visitor, but it's just impossible to get tickets for it. So <laughs> it always I, sells out, like in two minutes. So oh, it's it's instant. Yeah, and I can see why. You know, I've, the festivals that I've been to, they're they're also beautiful, but that festival just has such a special feel to it. Uh, they have like separate grounds, so you, at one point, you know, like there's a larger stage inside a space, but then you go outside to like a garden, and they're showing like old black and white movies, and everyone's just hanging out. And then you go around, and there's like a bar set up, and I believe they make their own beer there, and it's just like the whole experience together was just awesome. Yeah, the, the reason I bring it up though is, uh, you know, while I was in Germany. Uh, I had a chance to play at this old World War II bunker and it was the same thing where like that was like a bunch of studio spaces that were now taken over by artists and just to see what they could do with a space like that. Uh, I just feel like that's a, just a beautiful direction we're moving in, revitalizing these old buildings and using them to tell our story. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a really cool house that we were in. Uh, it's an old uh, beer factory. Yeah, like a brewery. Yeah, Brewery, yeah. Uh, from like the mid 1800s yeah. uh, and it's really like dilapidated and uh, starting to fall apart and stuff. But um, our lease is only like until they decide to either tear it down or yeah. like, uh, just kick us out and like renovate it basically. Um, so we're constantly like, we, we don't really know how long we have left so, so we're just trying to make the most of it. Yeah, it's really hard to like invest in a place that you're not sure that you're going to have in a year from now or like even half a year from now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. we're in this really awkward position, I think, right now. Uh, and it, oh, yeah. But we had it for about five years, I think, something like that. Yeah, because they're, they're like, they're shutting down a lot of venues around town or they've been doing that the past years. Uh, and people have been pretty grateful uh for uh, um, for a space where like they can go to cheap shows and uh, just hang out with friends and stuff that's like not an official like ticket buying venue place because uh, they're like a grassroots thing like yeah, I think it's really yeah. empowering for the people who go go to shows to feel like everybody has somewhere to play even though you're not like this big band or whatever it's you know and then then, you know you put them on the same roster as like maybe a band is coming in from out of town that's a bit bigger and like everybody gets you know some time on stage that's i think that's cool yeah i think that's appreciated as well oh absolutely and you've had some pretty awesome acts there uh what were some of your favorites um well definitely listener We've had them back three times already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been really cool. It's like a house band there, man. I love Wooden Heart from Listener. That whole album's amazing. That track is awesome. Yeah. Um, We've had, uh, yeah, Oso Oso played last year. Portrayal of Guild was sick. Portrayal of Guild. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was I think. Yeah, Yeah, with Centuries. And um, we've had Mom Jeans. And we've had. What's that Mexican band called? Juliet. Oh, yeah, Juliet. Oh, that Juliet. was crazy. Oh, Juliet. Yeah. It was really unfortunate when they played because it was like a Tuesday and it was raining. So I think mm-hmm. we had 
six paying visitors. No, it was like two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so sick. It, it was the singer from I Love Your Lifestyle and like his girlfriend. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And then like we were proud with them and uh, – but it was like they still put on an amazing show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They are such talented musicians as well. Yeah, like it, it, they, they, I think they said they practice two hours every day. For like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like that. That's insane. That's, that's yeah, insane. That's, that's serious that's commitment. Crazy. Yeah, it's completely crazy. How, how often do you guys practice? <laughs> I I was going a good like maybe a once or twice a week, uh, and that would typically be like an hour, an hour and a half. Um, wow. On my own, I'll, I'll practice you know throughout the day when I feel like picking it up. I guess it kind of depends what I'm interested in at the time or what I'm picking my brain at. If I just picked up a new pedal, you know, sometimes it's like you hear a new artist and it just like gets you going, and that's all you can think about for a while. Uh, what does the practice schedule look like for Watts? Right now, without a drummer, <laughs> yeah, we don't have drummers, so it's. It's kind of hard. Um, so I think this it suits us really well to be recording a new album at this time. Cause, yeah, because uh, like uh, I get to be creative and like have a good time with with the with Hannes and Robert just doing uh, just recording new stuff and like yeah figuring shit out and you know trying things and yeah we were really lucky to have uh, Jesper from uh, Kid Fuero uh, play drums on this album. Uh, and it turned out really well. Uh, we rented a cabin actually for a week, um, about almost a month ago now, uh, and just lay down all the drums. Uh, we, we had one practice with him beforehand before wow. doing that. And he just nailed everything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Still, That's awesome. Like, he knew the songs better than we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drummers have a way of doing that though. They can really just pick a song apart. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, so um, and like it was one of the when he was like, oh, but that fill, then he had to do this thing, and that's impossible. And then he tried it, and he did. He it. did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you have a snare roll into another snare hit, and it's like, oh, but uh, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, but um, our practice schedule, yeah, uh, we like when we have a drummer, we usually try to go once a week at least. Um, in before gigs or like tours, we probably practice a few times a week at least. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and for like two hours, so it's probably the same, I guess. I have a lot of like mixing and other work to do, so uh, my my practice discipline has kind of been off the past years. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a discipline for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> want to play just yeah. natural talent. <laughs> yeah, so the wrong with that. <laughs> um, yeah, as I listened through the album, I, I did hear kind of some influences to La Dispute as well, uh, mostly in the vocal patterns and just some of the stops we do. Uh, is that a large influence for us? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it was uh, a big um, starting point, I think, when we started the band. Uh, that was like one of the main things we, we were trying to go for, but we kind of move, moved away from that a bit. Um, we almost overdid it for a while. I just, I got really tired of it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so why were you? Because that was your influence to begin with. I mean, it was like probably you, because I just, uh, it was like, just by the time I found La Dispute, uh, it was like unlike anything I ever heard, pretty much. Uh, so I just got really caught up in that, and uh, just, I don't know. I just wanted to do something similar, I guess. So. Mm. I think we've. Um, both moved away from it, but you kind of also like made it your own thing now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, in a way, so it feels more natural. Yeah, but and also, I, I to be honest, I never really liked my the sounds of uh, the sound of my screaming. So it was nice to try something different, uh, and that kind of worked for me. So I think that also had something to do with it. I'm gonna say something controversial. I think La Dispute's a bunch of jerks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I had a chance to play with them years ago at a coffee house that my friend was booking at his college. Um, and before they went on, uh, I went to go use the restroom and the singer was on the side of me using the urinal. And I just, I kind of just like looked at him and I said like, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys and the music you make so much. Uh, and I really like that song, Bury Your Flame. Um, at the time, 
my I, I my voice when I sing, I kind of sound like them a little bit, and my friends had always picked on me for that. So I made a point just to say, like, I like that song. Uh, and he kind of just looked at me. He goes, yeah, well, everyone likes that song. I bet you want me to play it. And he walked out of the bathroom. And the worst part was he did play that song that night, you know, and <laughs> just as a fan, it's it's like I wasn't begging or asking for anything. I was just trying to just to say to him, like, thank you for what you do. Uh, that just always stuck with me. And after that, I just I just haven't listened to them as much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's kind of like the same thing with the brand new. After that whole thing with the, it's impossible to listen to. Yeah, yeah. 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 It that just it's really hard. Completely ruined that music for me. Yeah, because yeah. I know all those mm-hmm. when we lyrics, they just they take on a whole different meaning now. Now that that's yep. yeah, cats about yeah. Like, and exposed. And yep. I have a tattoo of brand new on my arm. So <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I was close Here we to are. getting one on my leg as well. But, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Don't it. Uh, no, but the Devil and God album was a big like game changer for me when I heard that, like 2007, I think, um, and just all throughout high school, and it really like defined uh, kind of like this uh, new world of, of mixing like heavy with uh, softer, more quiet parts and having really dynamic songs. And I think that's still something we try to like uh, emulate. Um, uh, not necessarily like the, that exact sound, but like that, the feeling of the it. feeling. Yeah. yeah. And then the, mm-hmm. dynamics. Um, so I still reference that album, but yeah, I haven't really like listened to it or any of their music really since then, unfortunately. But it has opened up my eyes to a bunch of new bands, like uh, Balance of Composure, that do like similar I stuff. I love them. And uh, Better On as well. Yeah. So out of the bad comes the good, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And, and you <laughs> know what? If you're taking that sound and creating it and making it your own and making it something we can all digest where maybe there's not that awful stigma attached to it, then great. We're, we're doing our part to evolve. Uh, so we did say we did a bit of touring as well. Uh, where have we toured? We were out um, in Poland and Germany last year uh, for a, a bit over a week, I think. Yeah, like 10, 10 or 12 days, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, That's crazy. Played, That's what I did last year. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. It was in uh, late October. Uh, I, I, I was like May. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, it's just you see each other, right? We could have this could have been like some dynamic duo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what parts of Poland and Germany? Uh, we played uh, in Poland. We actually we we've been to Poland a couple of times. So we have some friends there, uh, but we usually play in northern Poland a lot. But now we played uh, uh, Krakow. We played uh, Wrocław. Mm-hmm. We played uh, Warsaw. Yes, me too. That was it for Poland, but yeah. Yeah, so we were more down south this time. Mm. It's so hard to pronounce all those Polish cities. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was glad I was in Warsaw. That seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> I remember taking like a shot of vodka with one of the locals there too, and it was like brown. Um, and I just remember being like, this isn't right, and like saying something to him, and he just was just like, this is the dirt of the earth. <laughs> you know, and I just, that's always stuck with me. Uh, we have a lot of Polish people where I live, and every time, you know, they take a shot, it's just like they say Nostrovia. And um, I just remember just like saying that and just accepting the brown water, and it was an awesome night, you know? <laughs> it's a home brew. Was it an awesome morning after that? <laughs> you know, it kind of was. We ended up walking around Warsaw all morning and just like checking out just like their transportation system. I think we got like coffee at some place and like nowhere around there knows what iced coffee is. And that's pretty big in the U.S. So they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, which that's fine. You know, <laughs> no, the, the touring last year was fun. So we, we went out with, uh, what's it? Kid Farrell. Uh, Kid Farrell and Escapism, the Polish band that we toured with before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. um, yeah. They, they're not playing anymore, unfortunately. No. But uh, so we, we played their last show, uh, in uh, Krakow, which is their hometown. Yeah, uh, that was insane. Yeah, it was yeah, great. That was sick. Yeah, but nobody, they didn't know it was their last show. So unfortunately, uh, we couldn't do anything more. Uh, we probably mm-hmm. would have 
like bought a cake or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. It was so ecstatic. Like, and you can find some of uh, uh, one of the spoken word songs that we did on. Uh, I think it's just on Instagram. Instagram, right now. yeah. yeah. Okay. But we should put it up on YouTube as well. Yeah. If yeah. you guys found some stuff on YouTube, we should definitely put it up there. So yeah. Yeah, and then also they did a great job of bringing people. I think it, I think it was sold out that show, and it's kind of yeah. a big venue actually. So yeah, I think there was, it was probably more people at that show than all the other shows combined. <laughs> <I would guess. laughs> no, not really. But it was it was it was a really good night. Easily one of the best shows yeah. we played. So yeah. if you're at, if you're in in that area, if you're in Krakow, you should try and play at Varstad. It's called Varstad. We could send you. Yeah, it's also a super cool place. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah, that's it's awesome. Every, in there um, and uh, people usually go to shows there so that's cool yeah nice. shout out our stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Robert you were also involved in a hardcore band or are you still involved in a hardcore band by the name of Respite yeah exactly I, I play guitar with them uh, it's uh, it's the singer from uh, Disavow which is uh, a straight edge hardcore band in, from Sweden um, and uh Elina and Emma on uh, vocals and bass. And um, yeah, I've been playing with them for about one or two years now. Um, but that's like, but Rots is like my main, uh, main thing, I guess. Yeah, and Hans, you, uh, you were involved in a, an emo band called uh, Mundane? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a, like a Midwest emo, mm-hmm. indie emo band, that kind of thing. Yeah, I noticed um, when I asked you a few questions about your favorite artists, William Bonney came up. Uh, was I, that kind of where those influences are coming from? Uh, yeah, a lot of that. But Mundane is like way softer than that. Like the William Bonney influences, I think we have more in Bloss. Yeah. Especially on our next record, I would say it's, it does have some William Bonney vibes to it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's super exciting for me. Uh, to speak to William Bonney, uh, they also share members with uh, Midwest Pen Pals and Merkin Ships. Um, I spent a summer hanging out with Nick Stutzman from those bands. Uh, he just cool. like somehow traveled his way to our side of the U.S. and just like hooked on to our friend group for a while. Uh, and he's just such a character. And for such sad music, this, he brought so much happiness to our lives. You know, <laughs> it's it's awesome to see, you know, that people can create such sad music, but yet just have that type of soul and just that type of aura around them. Sweet. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. It's nice to meet people like that. Yeah. It's not every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Steve? Do you have any questions? And Alex, you have a solo project too. Uh, what's that about? Uh, that's, uh, that's just me playing songs on an acoustic with a harmonica. Uh, not really sure what that's about yet. I've put out one song so far. Uh, that's always how I've played guitar at home. You know, you, you just play a bunch of emo songs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we opened for Crywank. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Out uh, of show, uh, and he played. Uh, what was it? Uh, I did a cover of uh, a Save Today song called. Uh, I think it's called Hold. Yeah. It's from one of I the love that song. first yep. uh, EPs. Yeah. Yep. And then he, he was like, oh my God, I know that song. <laughs> uh, and he was probably like one of the only one in the crowd who knew that song. Yeah, I was really stoked about it. <laughs> it's, fun. It's, it's actually the first song that I learned to play guitar on. And it's kind of a weird song to learn to play to because it's like you play that bam, bam, bam. And then you sing on top of that, mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. like straight, you know, eight-eight tempo kind of thing. Uh, yeah, fun fact, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, cool. It's it's not it's not really a serious project. It's just you know, uh, yeah, you know how it is. You want to put your songs out and have people listen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Thanks for asking, Steve. <laughs> yeah. I'm also curious. Uh, what's what's the music scene in uh, your area in Sweden? Is it a lot of like heavy metal stuff? Do you, are you guys like the oddballs? Kind of. Uh, I mean, there's like a very small emo screamo scene. Yeah, uh, it's not very small. Uh, all right, pretty. Yeah, I in mean, comparison to like 
Okay. Indie pop is like super big here. Yeah, like the the main that's probably like the main thing Gothenburg is known for is either like metal, metal or indie pop. Yeah. Uh, and so most bands are like more indie pop bands or uh, I like we're not too into like the metal side of things. But it kind of feels like indie like indie pop people and screamo and hardcore people are, it's kind of the same crowd. At least there's some overlaps. But once you cross Mm -hmm. over to metal people, it's a different crowd. (laughs) It's a whole different thing. Yeah, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, they're way more like that, like death metal purist, uh, real, uh, I don't know, Buddhism (laughs) thing. (laughs) It was just a different crowd. Yeah. No, none of the people that we hang out with uh, listen to metal music. I think oh, Felix does, but like, yeah. Well, or I mean, I I, I listen to metal too, but I don't get really out of here. Do, I don't go to <laughs> like any shows or anything. Uh, I mean, it's been like ten years since we were at a metal show. Probably. I kind of feel like metal doesn't have like the DIY element to it for no, some no, reason. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know why that. And is. Like all the promoters that are into metal, they're always like. They got this very inflated ego, <laughs> this sense of self, and it's always like, "Oh, you got to make it big." Like it's supposed to look Amazing. more than know. it is, and that's not really res- doesn't really resonate with the, the DIY sort of punk thing, punk yeah. thing that we've got going. But they all have really nice merch. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I don't know. For some reason, it feels like even the indie pop crowd is closer to like the DIY punk kind of thing than metal metal fans or metal bands in general. For some reason, I don't know why that is. Yeah, but we, that's not saying that all metal bands are like. Not that. Definitely not. No, no. no. We, we, we played with like, one black metal band from uh, Siberia, right? In 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 Poland, the previous tour. Oh uh, yeah, that they was, were crazy. Yeah, they had like it was a dog up on stage. It was that was crazy? Yeah, that show was. Super <laughs> weird. That was was like a bunch of hillbillies and a bunch of Nazis at that show. Uh, that was that yeah. was uh, it was weird. And like this one yeah. guy with his with his uh, dog on a leash. Yeah, and the dog was going insane. It was inside this room where it's like 120 decibels, really loud music yeah, going on. It was terrible. Uh, and like he, for some reason, he just let go of the leash, and the dog went up on stage. It yeah. just got totally dis- disoriented. Uh, like while the-, the black metal band was playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the singer was just like, "What the fuck, some dog doing?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, yeah, I run a um, well. I, I work for a nonprofit, uh, and we're we're called AS220, uh, and we're essentially just like for all artists. We house artists. We have a venue. We have a restaurant. Uh, we offer programs. Um, it's a really cool, unique place. But with that, uh, our big thing is anyone can book our venue. There's no cost, you know. And we get a lot of like noise sets. And I'll never forget one time th- someone played there, and no one showed up. It was just him on stage, just making insane loud noises, and his dog was just in the crowd alone, just laying down, oh. listening. Oh. And I'm just like, I just see it, and you just like want to say something so bad, but it just seems like this dog was so used to it at this point and just accepted it. It was just like such a sad thing to see, you know? Yeah, man, that's terrible. So, what are some of our favorite artists? I know we've kind of covered a few, and I've drawn a couple out. But what are what are some of our favorite artists to listen to? Mm. I'm really into Bright Eyes. Love yeah, Bright me Eyes. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Bright Eyes for me reminds me of being like 14 and drinking wine in bed and thinking like that's the way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, uh, I I listened more to Elliot Smith probably in, in oh, that yeah. like sphere I guess. But I think something we've all had in common is like we all grew up on this uh, '90s California pop punk thing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's kind of like how we met, like through like Offspring, Green Day, and all those. We used to go to the, the festival as well. West Coast Riot which was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had like a punk rock festival here in town. Yeah, um, for a few years it was like and no effects, of course. No effects. Yeah. Uh, Mill and Colin was a big one. Um, that was one of my my first real show was Mill and Colin uh, when I was like fifteen. Mine was Corn. Corn. Oh, <laughs> there we go. 
Yeah, but then we after that we kind of we found like bands like Circle Takes a Square and stuff like that, and yeah. then we just completely stopped listening to pop yeah. punk and just started listening to screamo. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we got too cool for that. <laughs> Circle Takes a, a Square. Oh man, because please go ahead. Yeah, I I I started like uh, just uh, googling and Wikipedia and uh, like hardcore and emo and because like. Emo was getting really popular around like 05, 06, uh, when, just when I started high school. Um, and I just like tried to find like the, the roots of it all. And like, it was this whole, cause that, that, um, that came with like the whole, Oh, this isn't true emo. This is like fake emo, like my chemical romance stuff. And like that, back and forth between the purists and everything else. It's a great debate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like discussion, like uh, super elitist about it. Uh, and I, I regret not going to see my come up romance when they were here. Cause I was like, so against it, but I probably would have enjoyed it uh, if I had gone. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I downloaded make me emo compilation <laughs> off of pirate. Uh, and that was just full of like Seisha and uh, Get Up Kids, like just all the like old good stuff. Uh, uh, and like it, I remember, I I was listening to the Circle Takes a Square as a Roots Undo album, uh, and it took me like a few months before I actually started to enjoy it. <laughs> it was just like super noisy at first, and my brain couldn't wrap its head around it, but. I was just like, man, this is so cool. It's like a, it sounds like there's like a little boy singing, like a like twelve year old boy, uh, which is Kathy, but I didn't know, I didn't know uh, they had a, a female vocalist as well. Uh, so I thought it was just like a really young kid and like this older guy singing. But yeah, that was like one of my still one of my favorite bands. Yeah, oh, they're incredible. Yeah, we're we're lucky enough where we actually are, are from a place where they went to college not too far from here. Uh, they went to Berkeley College of Music. Uh, so it was pretty common to see them around Massachusetts uh, and, and play around there. Uh, I had a chance to see them and United Nations open for them. Um, awesome. Yeah. Wow. United Nations. And at the time it was like one of their older lineups. So it was like the singer of Thursday and one of the members of Glassjaw. Um, so they were phenomenal for one, but then Circle Takes the Square comes out uh, and B. Dolan, who's a, a local rapper who, um, if we're not familiar, he's connected to Sage Francis. Um, he, B. Dolan came out and like rapped over one of their songs. And I just remember like thinking like, one, you guys are insane musicians as it is. But two, how did this guy like get in there and figure out how to rap over this? You know, <laughs> Just crash. Yeah. Years, years later, I ended up playing a festival with B. Dolan, and it was at my venue that uh, I work at. And so, you know, I had a little bit of backstage access, and I realized that all B. Dolan does before he performs is just sits in the basement and just reads books all day. Wow. You know, wow. so just that discipline. I'm like, okay, I get it. You like you honed in on this, you know. And I think Circle Takes a Square. Obviously, that's where they're coming from too. How many tracks do they have in each song, you know, to put that much effort in, to tabulate and to write all this music out? You know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I mean, are you writing out like the music theory behind every piece that you create? Not really. Kind of. No. I mean, <laughs> we do it afterwards pretty much. Like first you just come up with something and then uh, yeah. afterwards you kind of break it down uh, to know yeah, what I, it actually is. I, I try and trans transcribe everything in Guitar Pro. Awesome. Uh, I been guitar pro for like 15 years and it's just like such a great tool for me to uh both practice but also write music with and uh so yeah i, I just try to like transcribe what we do and sometimes like i can't wrap my head around something had it says written <laughs> uh like a weird riff or something and like uh with a triplet triplet feel or something like that um but yeah it, it really helps um like also detect like stuff that probably wouldn't work uh or if it's like too complicated or whatever so yeah yeah it, it, it's nice to i think i think we complement each other quite well there so robert's this very like like you you uh you you need uh the guitar pro and the you know putting everything down i like, like structure how, and yeah. the structure and how it's supposed to be and i'm, I'm i think hannes is kind of like the the guy with a million ideas. Oh yeah. 
uh, and like we riff off each other and we make we you know we just come up and build the ideas and then Robert's like okay so what are we actually doing here and then he like decodes that and put that puts that on uh, I, uh, in notes in notes yeah. um, so <laughs> that's awesome so that's how you make art why do we make art honestly do you want to answer this one well, why do <laughs> you make music it's a tricky question I don't know really yeah, to be honest just ended up playing a band I guess uh, but we've been playing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like we started a band in uh, that was high school, right? Why did middle we start school. that? Middle school. Yeah, and like seven, I don't know. We, grade. we went to like a super posh school. Me and Robert. Yeah, and, and uh, we kind of found each other because we were like the only ones. Yeah, listening, listening to, to new effects. And, yeah, uh, skate punk. <laughs> and so I don't know. We just started playing music together, and yeah. By that time, I had actually never played guitar. Yeah, I, I taught him his first uh, chords. I guess because uh, my dad had like my dad taught me a few stuff uh, things, and uh, I I started off on drums, but I picked up a guitar because I felt that was like I got kind of tired with drums and wanted to like be actually be able to play songs like from start to finish and yeah. recognize it. Um, so. I I had like the guitar and bass and drums at home, so it was kind of natural that we uh, like went to my place and practiced. Uh, so, but you picked up guitar really fast and got very good uh, quickly, uh, and we kind of put a band together. I had a good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, you guys never took lessons. No, no, not before that. No, um, actually, I remember uh, in preschool, I there was a couple of guys that had a band and I so badly wanted to be in a band. So I lied and told them I played the drums in preschool <laughs> or elementary, elementary. Okay. Probably. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a young age. That's awesome. Oh yeah. But I, I had no idea how to play the drums, but I just so badly <laughs> wanted to do it. So I just remember sitting there like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but uh, so why did you lie to people? <laughs> I just wanted to play with them. <laughs> <laughs> Paranoid. Uh, by the Black Sabbath song. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it was, it probably sounded terrible, but uh, I ended up actually playing with them for for a while. So I guess I wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you are that bad. I know. <laughs> I'm still too shitty to play that song. No. no. <laughs> how did you start, Alex? How I started playing or how, why, or I, mean, you, why you, I had my cards? Mm, I, I, think, I think it's a, Interesting question. I enjoy making art because I want to like communicate with myself. I think just sitting here on my like I have a piano in here, and it's kind of nice just to like listen to the notes and like be in that moment and just just listen and feel. And that's very cathartic to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But I started playing when I was in in what we call a hug started with this like uh, seventh and ninth grade yeah middle school so you're uh, middle school, middle school. Um, and uh, I just started skateboarding and I just I was into making cool stuff I just I figured out like <laughs> playing guitar and skateboarding that's the, the, those are two, two cool things I want to do and get really good at and I found it really very hard to get good at it uh, so yeah that's why I guess my parents wanted me to start playing when I was three years old. Like they're both, they used to be touring musicians, uh, but I didn't pick it up until uh, middle school. Yeah. What was it like growing up with parents as touring musicians? Uh, I've seen a lot of hotel bars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they used to play. Um, uh, I don't. I don't really know. Like we had a lot of babysitters. We. We uh, we saw a lot of places, um, and you know, like hotels always feel like a second home to me because I've I've been you know in and out of hotels since I was small. That's pretty much it, I think. And like as stage st- stages also feels very homey somehow, uh, and like the lighting and the smell of like of bars. It's just I don't know. It feels like home. <laughs> Uh, which is which is strange, maybe to many to a lot of people, because it's like somewhere that they would go uh, to enjoy themselves uh, as grown-ups. But like I've always been in those sort of environments. Yeah, I've been involved in bars since I was 15 years old. I've been running bars for years, so for me, that's like where I feel most comfortable. You know, like <laughs> I definitely. 
uh, yeah, behind the bar is like, you know, even to this day, like now, like I, I manage and run a place, but like, I love the day when I have to step behind that bar and like fill in, you know, or like, they're just like buried and I'm like, I get to pour a beer, you know, <laughs> that's so like, it's comforting to me. And it's, it's a, just a fun, like public place to be, you know? Uh, so we all skateboard. Right. Is that, that's something we all do uh, fairly good. I know one of us just got injured, right? Yeah, I got injured on my third day of skateboarding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. So yeah. you, you can find the, the clip when, when Robert breaks his elbow on his Instagram, if you're interested. Yeah, it's, we it's can send really, you the details later. We would really love angry. to link that. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just trying to do a shove it and landed like off balance, basically. Uh, nothing really dramatic in that way. But Hannes and I used to, uh, our, Hannes used to skateboard at least uh, like when we were in middle school. Yeah. Uh, I would only film them basically. So we have some uh, old <laughs> home video of uh, Hannes and his friend skateboarding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good. Like a million calling soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was rad. But yeah. I, I don't skateboard now anymore. Mostly because I don't have time for it. And also because I don't want to end up like Robert here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of the struggles you've had as a group? Oh, man. Robert's, Robert's <laughs> the biggest struggle. Nah. <laughs> the biggest struggle has been drummers. Because uh, we had to change them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Finding a permanent drummer is hard. <laughs> yeah. It was hard from the start. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So, so we used to... I used to play with... So the drummer who drums on the old, uh, um, the record, the Semper Pew, uh, Philip, that was the first drummer that I played with when I was really, really young. So we played with him and then we switched him for, because he, he quit the band because he, he got together with a girl and then he was like off the planet. That was your old band. That was my old band. And then, yeah. then yeah, uh, yeah. we had Felix, who I live with right now. He lives in the same apartment as I do. Um, yeah. And he moved to Australia. For a year. For a year. So uh, it was like indefinitely. So we, we were like, okay, we can't really practice right now. Uh, what are we going to do? Yeah. And then Philip comes along. Yeah, the old drummer comes back and he says, uh, the only way I, I will do this and play with you guys is if I, I can be a permanent member of the band again. So we had to kick Felix out <laughs> and bring Philip back in. And then Philip moves to Berlin <laughs> and quits the band. <laughs> So now we all know that was two years later, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It yeah. still happened. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were, uh, I guess we're looking for a drummer right now, but also there's no real like pressure to find someone. No, there's no stress really because we can't play shows now anyway. So yeah, because of, and we have a lot of work to do with the, uh, with the new LP anyway. So yeah. But I think those are the, the dynamics between uh, us as members that's been, that's been hard, I think. Yeah, I, me and Alex are like kind of polar opposites in some ways. Um, and it's been kind of like uh, a process to find out how we work together and how we can like manage uh, stuff so that we don't like get on each other's nerves like in what unnecessarily. Way? No, How are we opposites? Uh, I've never <laughs> really thought about I mean, this, hey, this is like, turning ugly. <laughs> this is what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing but love, guys. It's nothing but love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think like we're the same in a lot of ways, but yeah. we're also kind of like opposites in other ways. I just, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I, yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was just no, interested no. in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's uh, it's been like. Um, I mean, we did fight a lot uh, a few years ago. Did we? Yeah, like during the album process and stuff. And like, no, it, we were the ones working together. Yeah, but but it was like it was uh, it was hard to like. Uh, I mean, the whole thing with like answering emails and like all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. with that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. to be honest, it's like Alex is super like spontaneous and wants uh, things to happen all the time, like really quickly. And Robert really likes to plan things a lot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the biggest difference. Between that's a good guys, summary. Yeah. 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 Yes. That, that can be like, I jumped the gun a bit on, on things a bit too, too fast. And I, that's that, that makes problems for me. People get pissed off <laughs> when I'm like, you know, say yes to something too quickly. Or if I just, you know, yeah, you go with the gut a lot. Like, uh, 
Yeah. And that, that's a, usually a good thing. But yeah. Sometimes but it's not great. When you have to work <laughs> with other people, it can get, you know, yeah, yeah, messy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think like also um, the whole process of the, the last album, Semper Pew, uh, was really drawn out. Um, and like, it took a lot of me uh, just like putting pressure on myself, uh, mixing a whole album. Uh, it was one of the f- first full-length albums I've done and uh, our first full-length album. So I was like, really, really wanted it to be perfect. Um, and uh, so I, that put me in kind of a bad place and uh, we weren't practicing, so we couldn't like, uh, you know, like air out grievances, I guess. Uh, I don't, practicing with a band is like really cathartic sometimes. Uh, it can really like... Uh, I mean, it's a relationship, but you have a relationship with like four people uh, and it feels like writing and being creative together can really like loosen tension. Uh, and so we weren't practicing and we were just stressing to like collectively over the, getting this album done. And basically uh, it was three people waiting for you to finish mixing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like you know mailing back and forth with the with the label and yeah and, and, yeah and like getting a lot of paperwork and not a lot of but like you know yeah some paperwork and some merch and uh, just the artwork for the album oh yeah the artwork yeah. the printing of uh, printing of the LPs yeah. So yeah. there I mean there's a lot of logistics behind that as well yeah talking to distros and uh, yeah. oh that was the worst like booking a tour and all that so yeah, yeah. and I think like. We had to like kind of learn how to communicate because um, I've known Hannes like for 15 years, um, but we've kind of grown up. We weren't super open, I guess, about like feelings and stuff growing up. Yeah. Um, and so that was like kind of a process uh, to. It's pretty strange, actually, like pl- not being so open and talking so much about that, and then also playing like super emotional music together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think at the end of the day, like you know, we're all dudes, and we we still have those sort of uh, preconceptions that you're not supposed to talk about those things. But then uh, I guess um, a little bit. Um, I'm me personally. I've been yearning to. Uh, you know, be more open about that, but yeah, uh, yeah. we've we've never actually talked about it yeah. as a group. Yeah, which so, is kind of yeah. well. I mean, I think we've gone really yeah, like, so, better about it. Yeah, um, no, we're, I'm 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 32 now, so like I think I've grown up and grown past that sort of phase when when you're in like your 1920s. Yeah, uh, and and, and uh, like you're. I think we've all learned a lot mm. from where we've come. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a great answer that. You've heard it here. Well, that's just a bunch of tough guys. They have no emotions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's great. I uh, speak to that too. Josh and I have been in bands for years, and there was lots of arguing about the creative process and writing and recording. I remember us and our friend Chris's basement, and I just remember you and Mike arguing about parts and songs all the time. There was a lot of growing pains for us throughout the years and all of our projects too. So it, it comes with the age, it comes with the time. You, you finally get that cohesion, you feel that connection and you're able to have that honest conversation without it turning nasty. It's just, it's just part of life. Yeah. And I think what's interesting also is uh, like you, when you have an idea, when I have an idea and I really want that idea to work, you kind of like either and then the other party is supposed to like, either you have to go with that or maybe that other person also has an idea and wants that to work. And like, and when you're in that position where, you know, you have conflicting interests, that's when it can get really nasty. And I think that's uh, what happened with uh, our old drummer. It's like, he was also very driven and like had all these ideas and, uh, but we had a really hard time, uh, uh, you know, what, what do you call that? Uh, There's like different, uh, different uh, ideas of how they execute it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's like, you got to give and take sort of to, to, to be able to trust each other. And, and I, I, I completely feel that way right now with you guys. Yeah. That, you know, uh, 
you know, you can go with the, sometimes you just go with an idea and, and it doesn't work. And then, you know, I know that I have to like drop it and say like, okay, that didn't really work. And just knowing that you guys are open to that, that, yeah. that, that makes all the difference in the creative process. I think. Yeah. And I think this is, this album, um, or I mean, this album we're writing right now has the process has gone so much smoother than the last time. Um, yeah. Because we're not, it feels like we're not taking it as like life or death serious as the last time where like, it felt like everyone was so invested and like had, it was like, this is our first album. We need to, it needs to be perfect. And it can't like, nothing can be wrong. And everyone had so many like ideas and wanted it to like, yeah, just succeed basically. Um, and this time around, we're more like, more relaxed about it and also more on the same page. Yeah. And we want to have fun with it more. And, uh, it's like not as deathly serious, I think. And and that's a good thing uh, because it like makes you more creative. I feel. Yeah. Uh, and like just be open to more things and, and not have like that mindset of if we include this part, the whole song is going to be ruined because uh, it's not going to be exactly how I envisioned the song from the beginning, like and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Do you recognize any of that? Uh, that's me to to the umpteenth degree. I am a control freak, um, and, yes. <laughs> and in other bands that I've been in, um, you know, I feel like I have an idea and it's the way, and it takes a lot to to get me out of it. You know, and I think that shines through in a couple aspects of my life, you know, um, and I think all I've been trying to do the past couple of years is just notice that I do this, realize it, and then take that second to listen to others. Um, but, you know, some of like the, my favorite things that I've created are, are the things that like we've thrown out some of my ideas or tried other things. And I, I think just trying to be open to everyone's ideas and just to feel them out now is just like my approach. You know, uh, and also I find when writing now, um, I, I do a lot of the singing in, in projects that I've been in, but I don't want to be the only voice. Um, so what I try to do now is is feel the temperature of the room before we start to write and ask people what is bothering them, like what what they would like to talk about. Um, and, and then that's kind of where we have a conversation and that conversation leads to what we'll actually make our lyrics about. Um, and then at the end of the day too, I feel like that just makes everyone so much more attached to what you're creating. Uh, and just that, that emotion comes through. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Cool. Uh, Steve, do you have any other questions you'd like to include? Yeah. Um, so I know you guys, uh, your practice studio is in an abandoned factory. Are there any weird or creepy stories you guys can go on about the uh, building? Have you gone exploring in it and found out? Which I wonder what do you, like exploring the the rehearsal space, like the factory. Yeah, uh, you went up there and like in the abandoned parts uh, where we found like lots of dead birds uh, during Halloween. Oh, uh, yeah, during Halloween. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Uh, we went up there with people tripping mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that they were jumping at the time, but like afterwards, I was just uh, maybe that was not such a good idea. Uh, and. <laughs> We found like a, there was like an old piano with a bunch of dead birds on it and inside of it, I think. Wow. <laughs> and, and I was not sitting on shrooms. This was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also that one time, um, oh yeah, with the, with the, with the, with the past, like, uh, the, 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 how much, uh, how much? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so we, we put on shows, right? Yeah. And uh, when we put on indie shows, people would get way too fucked up. Yeah. Because that crowd really likes to drink. I was behind the bar and, you know, you have the bar desk like up here and um, I had like Hannah's sisters like on the other side of the bar. She's like, Dude, what's this? What's this guy doing on the floor? And like, I look over, and there's a passed out guy on the floor. <laughs> and like, I walk over to him, and and like, hello, are you awake? And it's like, uh, it, it doesn't even reply. And then I like, I slap him a bit in the face because like, he's obviously passed out. Nothing happens. And then because I'm I'm, um, I'm trained in CPR, uh, you're supposed to do like something called like pain stimulus where you put your thumb down here, like by the collarbone, nothing happens. And like, if, if he's that passed out, you're supposed to call an ambulance, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like he doesn't respond to stimulus. He doesn't respond to slapping. Like I can't wake him up. But pretty much we have to call the ambulance. And but like, it's uh, the show space that we have. It's like a, you know, uh, uh, it's like an off the books. Like, yeah, yeah. we, we can't really do want four of these around. So people are like, well, you really need to call an ambulance. Like, even though like it's somebody's life, blah, blah, blah. It's like, so we start like carrying him out onto a sofa and while we're carrying him, he, he wakes up and he's like, what are you guys doing? What's going on? And put him on the sofa. Yeah. And some of his friends comes by and he's, they're like, he's always like that. He's fine. <laughs> like he's it's like, and then, and then we ask him like, have you had any drugs? Uh, and yeah. He's like, yeah, I've had amphetamines. And like, and it's like half passed out. And then I asked him, like, how much have you had? And he's like, he does this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this guy. And then eventually, like, he makes it into a cab. Like, his friends put, put him in the cab. And that's the last thing we saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was really and disconcerting to know that that's what he's like all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he has friends that just find that to be normal. <laughs> you know, I mean. It's even more fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it's. I think it opened our eyes to like we have as as a venue we do have responsibilities even though that you know we're not on the books or yeah you yeah, still have to take care of the people that come to your place and make them feel safe yeah and also that type of crowd is not really what we want there but uh because people are generally not so comfortable with people doing shitloads of drugs in a bar so um we try to not not but yeah. that kind of shows anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're really good money. They spend a lot. Of <laughs> yeah. I used to have a practice space above like an old um, fire station, and there was a venue on the first floor. And some of their like most like like their their best nights were just like these college nights, and they were awful. And it was a young crowd, and they were just always like so drunk. And like, I just remember like leaving my jacket downstairs for a minute before going to the space and like coming back down and like my jacket was gone and I'm just like, damn you. But you know, <laughs> I had a friend that worked there and he would just talk about how like he would clean up at the end of the night and sweep and just like find $20 bills everywhere. You know, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough crowd. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. What do we think, Steve? Any other questions? Um, yeah. Um, do you guys have a tentative release date for your uh, new LP? A release date? We, we don't have a release date, but we're aiming to, I th- uh, uh, to be frank, I think it's going to be sometime like early next year. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. but we don't have anything as of yet. Yeah. We can keep you posted, though. We yeah. still haven't finished recording, really. Um, and like due to my accident, it's kind of been pushed forward a bit. Yeah. Uh, Hannes is probably going to have to take my guitar parts. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably going to um, get someone else to mix it, which hopefully won't take a year. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, yeah, hopefully sometime next year, I think. Definitely sometime cool. next year. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. You, you, uh, it's, it's heavier and it's sadder and it's, uh, it's, got, it's, got, it's got a lap steel as well. It, cool. it, <laughs> Yeah, in some songs. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Awesome. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, And I think that probably about wraps it up here for us. Uh, I'd like to thank you again for being here. Uh, This is Walatz. Where can we find more info on your music? On our Instagram, at Vlotsband, W-L-O-T-S band. And on our Facebook, Bandcamp as well. And our Vlotz.bandcamp.com. Awesome. And I'm Josh, and thank you for listening to Musicians and Makers Podcast. Uh, Again, we're dedicated to interviewing and promoting artists across a broad genre of spectrums and mediums. Uh, You can find out more information on our episodes at our website, musiciansandmakers.com, as well as Spotify, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and Facebook. Uh, And thanks for joining us today, and uh, we hope to to hear from you when that new release comes out. Sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.